Joining us, one of our regular contributors, Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you this morning? You know, I'm doing well. And, you know, you and I have been fortunate in our lives and careers to have great sponsors and been involved in the media. And we both had dozens of brand new boats. But I can't help but think that when you're down at the boat show, you still don't get a little a little bit jacked up and looking at those new boots, boats and getting some new boat envy. Uh, you know, it never gets old for me. I can honestly say that. And, uh, and you know, the excitement in the building with everybody else looking at all, it's fun. I, I thoroughly enjoy the boat show because I don't have to do much but talk boats with people. So it's fun to, to be there and, and mill around. And uh, my new boat's front and center there. So the 2023 Rangers that I'll be fishing in this year and filming it is uh, front and center right at Crowd Marines booth when you walk in, and uh, it's actually not even quite all the way built out yet. There's still a few things left to put on it, but it's brand shiny and uh, ready to answer questions. But the guys at Crowley have uh, the fiberglass rangers, but they also have the aluminum lungs in both the bass and the, and the DB configurations, as well as Sylvan. So a bunch of fishing boats there, all different kinds, and uh, lots of sparkly stuff to look at. Kids were having a good time climbing around in them yesterday. Well, you know, this is a great time. I always used to love that time when I did the boat shows, and I used to travel all over the country doing boat shows, but especially here in Colorado, is that people come in and they want a boat, but they really don't know what questions they need to ask. They don't understand. <clears throat> they set a budget, but they don't understand what they can get for that budget. And sometimes they make compromises that end up, if you're a fisherman, making it not a very good fishing boat. Well, yeah, I think that's the best thing about the in general. You can compare and contrast different things. You can see them. You can put your hands on them. You can walk around in the boat and get a feel for it. And, you know, these days a lot of people like to buy a lot of stuff online and, and all that. But at the end of the day, it's a boat. It's a big purchase. And to be able to put your hands on it and get in it and all that is really important. And second of all, they have guys like me there. Uh, and there's a bunch of us rolling around there. Austin Parr, another regular contributor, he's working down there. Bob Bjorkland, one of the best bass guys in the state of Colorado, is down there. A couple of the walleye guys. And, you know, we can answer questions based on, like you said, having had a whole bunch of boats over the years and um, and tried different things. You know, when you know you don't have to have a boat for, for more than a year because you're going to sell it at the end of the year, well, then I can take some risks and try some things and see if I like it and if I don't. And this is my – the boat sitting down at the boat show right now is my 15th Ranger – and I was doing some math last night. I think it's my 19th or 20th fishing boat. So it's, I've done this a bunch, and it gives me a chance to be able to answer questions for other people, uh, you know, as far as making sure that they get the needs that they want. And the, the thing I see most common is people think they know what they want, and then they start looking at the boats, and then they well, no, I really don't. I didn't really think about that. And, you know, and it definitely changes their buying decision. It's a big purchase, so you want to do it right the first time. Well, you know, another thing that's really changed in the fishing boat buying end of things is that I can go back, well, probably before you were born, but I can go back a long ways. <laughs> and some of my early boats, I mean, you know, we put a depth finder on them eventually, and, and maybe eventually we added an electric trolling motor, and, of course, those all became standard equipment. But as that equipment has evolved, accessorizing your boat with your 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 electrical propelling devices and your sonar devices and your GPS devices is almost more important than the boat you buy anymore. 
Yeah, it's it's hugely important, and and, uh, and you have so many options, and you can spend so much money on it if you choose to do so. Uh, there was a customer that, that left with a with a 621, a big DB Ranger boat with six graphs on it, and that's a major you know that's a major investment for one. It needs to be well chosen, well set up, and it's a big deal. But commercially, they've got some little you know. Uh, Aluminum boats with one or two. Whoop, let me kill that my alarm to crack. Sorry about that. Um, but they have some of the small aluminum boats with you know a little tiny, very basic fish finder and basic trolling motor. This really depends on what you want to do with it and how much room to grow if you want and where you're going to take it. And the other thing people need to keep in mind is where am I going to store it? And that may make a big difference in what boat you can buy. And that conversation came up a bunch yesterday. Well, yeah, and you don't always have to get everything at once. <clears throat> so my first fishing boat that I owned was a 12-foot crest liner that went on top of my car with a 7.5-horsepower Johnson outboard that leaked gas and oil in the trunk of my car. Now, I came a long way from that, but, but I mean, <laughs> I, caught fish, I caught fish in that boat. And I ended, up, I ended up out in the water with some of the most famous fishermen in the world back decades ago in little boats like that. And we learned and we caught fish. So, you know, anything that can get you on the water and catch fish will work, but where you place your money and what you get for your money is important. Um, I always used to feel that the number one place that people would skimp that would hurt them the most, especially here in Colorado was underpowering their boat. Yeah. And that conversation's consistent there at the boat show over and over again. The thing is people need to keep in mind is with the elevation we're at and the elevation that these boats are going to run around in, you're going to have a significant horsepower drop. And it's still, so that motor may say that it's 150 horsepower, but when you put it on the water, spinning reservoir, you're going to be lucky if it makes 125. And that's because of the elevation. And so it's really important to get max horsepower here and, and, First thing people say, oh, why do you need to go that fast? It's not about going fast. It's about going safely in any condition and getting out of the hole comfortably in any condition. And, yeah, okay, my boat's fast. I get it. But at the, the, the drivability side of it, the torque that the motor makes and the power-to-weight ratio of the boat to the motor is what makes the boat safe in crazy conditions. When, when you're out in the middle of John Martin and the waves get big, well, now I want to make sure I have a lot of torque and a lot of horsepower to get me back to the ramp so that I can barge along and utilize that motor. And if you are underpowered, that is no fun. Plus, it's just no fun to drive. You know, no one likes to drive an underpowered vehicle, even if you're not a speed demon. When the, when the boat's laboring to do everything, that's no fun at all. <clears throat> and so it's definitely important to do that. And these days, I think... Um, we, you, you touched on the trolling motor. You've got to have a trolling motor, if at all possible, with some sort of GPS system, anchor system to it, because that is just, I mean, day in and day out, I use my GPS anchor a lot, like all the time. I use my power poles and I use my other tools, but that GPS anchor makes all the difference in the world. It allows you to not man the boat for a minute as far as driving it if you're drifting across the middle of the lake or whatever the case might be. So, I would strongly consider trying to come up with, a, with that in my budget to have a GPS-controllable uh, uh, towing motor as well. I, my spot lock, which is a GPS-controlled uh, anchor, um, so ever since I've had that feature on my boat, it's probably been my most used feature. I don't know how many times when I'm out with somebody, or even by myself, 
I'm landing a fish, I'm re-rigging, and I drift off a spot, and it's sometimes hard to get back on. Or I'm approaching a spot, and I want to change some presentation. I don't want to drift across the lake. Uh, I, I don't I don't even put a, a, a regular anchor in my boat anymore because then they want to check it for invasive species if it's been in the water. I just use my... I just use my spot lock. It's probably the most used feature on my boat. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I see guys saying, oh, I won't really need that. I won't really need that. And that's, that's an experience. When you get in the boat, you'll figure out you do. I use mine. It's second nature. Every single time I hook a fish or anybody in my boat hooks a fish, I stomp on that lock button. Every time I need to retie or we're drifting or whatever, I stomp that lock button. And I do it all day long, every day. And, uh, and it just, like I said, it keeps you on your spot. It keeps you from having to worry about where the boat's going. And even if I'm just hanging out in the lake in the, in the evening and, and having some, you know, some food out in the lake right here, I still spot lock it all the time because, I, like I said, you don't have to anchor it. So I just pull up wherever I happen to be in the back of the cove somewhere and hit the button, and they'll just sit there and do so silently. And, uh, and that's a really, really handy thing. So I would want to put that in my budget for sure. I would consider, uh, like you said, the back gas motor on the back for sure you can upgrade electronics but make sure that you at least have some basic uh, electronics and these days it's it, it's there's really no excuse to not you can get a pretty solid fish finder gps combo for pretty cheap these days in a boat and um and you know there's just no excuse to not have that and then from there everything else becomes stylistic right do i need a deep v do i want a, a shallow v or a modified v do i want a fiberglass boat or an aluminum boat and that's where where one of a guy like me starts asking you lots of questions of where you're going with it what are you towing with it or what you can tow it with i should say you know uh da, 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 go through a whole list of questions and hopefully get to the bottom <clears throat> the bottom well, line not, what kind of boat's going to be best suit you but another thing too is buy a fishing boat from a dealer who understands fishing boats and have him do the rigging for you. It may cost you a little more up front, but it is so worth it. Oh, uh, for sure. That's why I've been working with Kyle Marine for so long, Terry. Everybody in there fishes, and most of them are tournament fish even. And so they understand what you need because they have, I mean, geez, Brent, the, the manager there, his Brandon Ranger boat's sitting down there as well. He just got his set up for, for uh, his tournament season this year. And so... Yeah, the guys that know how to do it, they know what you're going to do with it as an angler, so they understand that side. It's important. And then the other thing is eventually you're going to want to winterize it or service it or whatever it is you need to do, and you're going to get priority. At least I know at Crown Reed you will if you buy the boat from them. If you had bought a boat somewhere else and called them, you won't get to the front of the line like you do if you bought the boat there. And that's understandable because they only have so much shop time that they can do, almost so much space. And so they put the priority of people that bought their boats there. So that's good customer service for the people that did. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's why I've been with those guys. And we were thinking about that yesterday. I think I started working with Crown Marine in 2009. It's been a long time. So I have a lot of history with those guys. Real quick, um, we're out of time, but what are the hours today and tomorrow down at the boat show? Today it's uh, 10 to 8, and tomorrow it's 10 to 5. And uh, it's at the Colorado Convention Center. And it's packed. There's a lot of boats there, that's for sure, this year. And uh, kids uh, under 16 getting free adults, I want to say off the top of my head, are 14. And it was busy yesterday. So there's also a lot of accessories and stuff there to look at if you're interested in maybe carpeting your boat or getting a new binning top or some sort of canvas cover. Uh, there's all sorts of accessories for boats there as well. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks very much, Terry. Thanks. Sorry about my voice. You bet.
Chad Lachance, Fishful Thinker. If you follow his TV shows, he's a regular here.